right, so we are talking today about Guardians of the Galaxy. And David, I'm going to take a guess and uh, make a prediction that this is probably going to end up in your top five. You think that's right? Uh, it might. It will today, but will it tomorrow? <laughs> Who knows? Right, okay. Um, I know you really, really like this movie. I do. And was this, like, one of your favorites, like, right out of the gate? Like, like tell me about, like, did you know these characters before we, before you no. saw the movie? <laughs> I didn't. I saw, whoa, there's a raccoon. Whoa, there's a tree. Whoa, there's a green alien. And a, what color is that alien? And a, 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 a dude. And I, I knew nothing about these characters. Yeah. Before I went to, like, pretty much most children in my time knew nothing about these characters, I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah, a lot of older fans, too. This was the first, this is kind of a risk for uh, for Marvel. I know a lot of people before the movie came out were wondering how it was going to do. Because, like, before this, even if you never read an Iron Man comic, everybody knew who Iron Man was. Like, they at least <laughs> heard of him. Same with Thor, same with Captain America, um, the Hulk. But with this, it's like big majority of the population had did not know who any of these characters were. Um, but like you said, the, they had some things going for it. It had some pretty cool concepts with a talking raccoon and a big tree. Um, now, you were familiar with Chris Pratt before this movie came out, right? I was. Yeah. Yeah, Parks and Rec. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're a big fan of that show and a big fan of uh, um, Chris Pratt in particular from that show. Mm-hmm. Can you, can you do you remember much about the first time that you watched this, and and what you thought? A lot of it was wow, this is actually really good. Because <laughs> I I didn't know what to expect. I was like, oh, we're going to see Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, I don't know anything about it. Um, sure, and it turned out to be really good. I think the first thing, the first scene that happened that made me realize that was. Where they do with that opening scene with uh, Chris Pratt in the like the ruins, mm-hmm. and he's listening to music and just having a good old time, and it's like, okay, this is gonna be a fun movie, right? Right. Yeah, right off the bat, it just it fun is the right word, and well, it actually starts off kind of serious, and you think it, you're like, is this gonna be a serious movie? Because it starts off with them getting kidnapped, and then there's. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's got the whole introductory sequence to, like, yeah, his mom's got cancer, and it's it's pretty dark right from the beginning. It starts off going to these ruins, and he has all this, like, kind of half-broken technology, and, mm-hmm. like, this is going to be a dark and gritty music movie, but then he gets out of his little tape recorder thing and starts listening to music. around with weird alien rat things yeah so yeah yeah and the movie's just so funny and um but also exciting but also it's got some heart to it so what's a, who's your favorite character from the guardians of the galaxy that is hard yeah i would have to think about it for a while because mm. there's no bad characters here right right okay so that's a fair answer just to say that no nobody really stands out as your absolute favorite and i would have to agree well mostly i think 
um, by the time we get to the second movie, uh, Drax, Drax, Drax has become my favorite. Yeah, he kind of steals the show in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> um, but but you know he's also very funny in this. But you know, so, so are they all, and they all have their kind of moments of revealing that they're damaged characters that they've all been hurt uh, by people in the past, and um, which explains why they're all kind of outsiders and loners in a way, but then they kind of come together to form this new family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't, you want to go through them one by one and just talk about them, I guess, because all right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we don't have favorites to really pull out. Let's, uh, let's start with Peter Quill played by Chris Pratt. What, uh, what are your thoughts on him? He's just a dude pretty much <laughs> kind of a doofus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a fun, cool way. <laughs> Once everybody's he's, called he's a, Star-Lord. Yeah. He's a bit more competent than Andy Dwyer, but not not by much. <laughs> right. Right. Um, not what you would think of as a natural leader. No. He has a cool mask. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of ends up wanting to do the right thing by the end, but... Yeah, he kind of... <laughs> He has fun doing stuff, yeah. Yeah, he kind of starts off. He's a rogue. He's a, he's mm-hmm. not exactly stealing from uh, you know an individual in the opening scene, but you got to get the feeling that he probably has done that before. But uh, yeah, he's he's got something of a conscience anyway. He. <laughs> um, okay, so then I guess next we'll talk about uh, Gamora, mm-hmm. played by Zoe Saldana, and. Um, are you, were you familiar with her from anything else? Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Right, she's in the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that. Right before. Yeah, she was just one of the. Well, she not just one of the pirates on uh, the Black Pearl. She actually kind of ran the Black Pearl. Was the captain of the Black Pearl in? Um, well, not the Black Pearl. It's the the ship that Jack stole to get back the Black Pearl, he got this pirate yeah. crew and she was kind of like the, the most competent and the leader of that, that pirate mm-hmm. crew. And then when Sparrow gets uh, taken captive by the bad guys, she kind of takes over the ship. So mm-hmm. she was an important part of that first movie. Um, but I didn't know who she was. No, right. Then. So. I don't think many people did at that point. You remember another big thing that we've seen her in? Out in space? Mm-hmm. The Final Frontier? Star Trek. Oh yeah, she's a Hura. Yeah, she's a Hura. Yeah, in the reboots. Yeah. So, uh, but what do you think about Gamora? She's not really funny in this movie, but she is kind of the most good at fighting. Right. Yeah. She's, she's very very tough. good at fighting. Yeah. Yeah. I forget. It's been a couple of weeks since we watched this, but does Thanos even appear in this movie? Yes. Okay. Because the main bad guy is not Thanos. The main bad guy is Ronan, the Accuser. No. Um, who's working with Thanos, but I just couldn't remember if uh, they actually have a scene together. But yeah, I'm remembering that they do. But uh, Gamora and her sort of sister Nebula uh, are kind of on loan from Thanos to Ronan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gamora kind of sees this as her opportunity to, because uh, she's, she's given a mission to steal the thing that, that Peter stole in the first scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, she kind of sees that as her opportunity to get out get away. underneath. Yeah, get away. Yeah. What about Nebula? As long as we're talking about the pair of them, what do you think about her? She doesn't really do a lot in this one. She she definitely has more to do in the next one. Right. Yeah. And this, she's she's 
she stays with Ronan. She's kind of his main, like, right hand. Yeah. Um, she's a, a major fight that Gamora has to get through in order to uh, to succeed in their goals at the end. But, yeah, there's, there's not a lot of character to her other than she, I guess, kind of represents what Gamora has left behind, what Gamora's trying to get away from. Because yeah. um, Nebula's still very much kind of in that world. And she's played by an actor named Karen Gillian. Gillian? Um, is mm-hmm. it Gillian or Gillian? I always forget. It I don't is, know. Um, Gillian. And uh, she's all in makeup in this, but do you recognize her from anything else? Nope. Uh, so in the second Jumanji movie, oh. she's the, the redhead. Okay. Yeah. All right, makes sense. Yeah, and before this, she was uh, a, one of the doctor's companions for a doctor that you haven't watched yet. But uh, okay, um, we'll get to run to her eventually. But uh, anyway, so that's Nebula, and then also chasing after Peter because Peter uh, Yondu put a bounty on Peter. Yeah, Yondu. Well, I'm trying to remember why did Peter not just go back to Yondu with what he found? Because Yondu put a bounty on him. And want him dead. Before? I thought he did that after Peter kind of took off. Bef- why, why, why didn't he go back after what? So did Yandu give him the mission of, of finding that that globe thing? No. Okay. So he was just kind of off doing that on his own? Well, Yandu wanted it. I guess Peter heard about it from Yandu or... Someone clo- heard about it that Yandu was going after it, and he went and got it first. Okay. Because um, he heard about the deal that Yandu had. Gotcha. All right, so and he's already won. kind of betraying Yandu. Oh, because he's, yeah. he's kind of broken off on his own by now. Pretty much, yeah. Got it. All right. All right. It's all coming back to me. <laughs> we should record this sooner after we watch the movie. <laughs> um, or I should take notes. But, uh, yeah, so Yandu puts a bounty on his head, and the bounty is picked up by um, the bounty hunting team of Rocket and Groot. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rocket, what do you what do you think about him? Kind of a loudmouth. Yeah. But he, he knows what he's doing. He's very competent. But uh, he doesn't really let that on all the time. Yeah, he's he is a loudmouth. Um, and he is, like... Uh, like, he comes up with plans pretty well, mm-hmm. um, but he's so kind of just abrasive and condescending to everybody else about it that, uh, like, you don't really want to give him the credit for it, but he, he is pretty <laughs> smart. Like, he knows what he's doing. He's like a cha- more chaotic uh, Star-Lord. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, you find that he's, like, the, he's an experiment, basically. He, he He's not a raccoon. He doesn't even know what a raccoon is. Um, nope. He just happens to look like one, but he was kind of experimented on by this group of scientists who we, we hear about, but we don't ever actually meet them in the movie, right? Mm, no. And um, there's there's one scene where you see him, like he's got his shirt off and he's got like, these metal kind of Thing. sockets, yeah, like in his back where he probably had thick tubes or something plugged into him, and it's just it looks very painful. Um, but he's got he's got a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> and uh, um, probably rightfully so. Again, we find out more about him in the second movie. But um, uh, he's partnered up with uh, Groot. And uh, what are your thoughts on Groot? He is Groot. 
Yep. The only it says four were right. I'm trying to remember that well, scene. Three. For I don't the know. Most part. Oh yeah, three. I was trying to remember how many words are in "I Am Groot." It's it's three, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, exclusively in that order. Yeah. Uh, although at the very end, he changes it to "We Are Groot." Yes. So I guess he actually does know six words. No, five words. Five words. Four. I, Four words. I am. Well, I guess if you consider am and are as being different versions of. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So five words. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, but he's very. He's got physical humor. Yeah. He's, he's very very tough. Yes. I like uh, when everybody gets put in prison and people start picking on Star Lord right away. And, uh, you know, trying to, like, put him in the pecking order. And uh, Groot kind of comes to his defense. And well, it's like nobody's I, I, I read that scene a little differently. How do you read that scene? Because Rocket wants, basically wants to keep Quill unharmed. Oh, absolutely. So he, he right. can get the, mo- he yeah. get the money for Yondu. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's not that they, like, have good feelings about no. Peter or their friends or anything at that point they just they want to keep him alive so they can turn the bounty in because they're already Rocket's already working on a plan to get out yeah <laughs> we need to get that last yoink <laughs> <laughs> um, and then so yeah when uh, as all these people are converging on Peter trying to get the uh, the uh, what do they call that thing that he uh, the Cornex battery is that what they call it that's the glowy purple thing that Groot yoinks out of the. No, thing. no, the the thing that Peter steals at the very beginning. Oh, the orb. Yeah, they just call it the orb. That's what they just call it. Okay, so yeah, so they're Gamora's trying to get the orb. Rocket and Groot are trying to get Peter and the orb, I guess. Um, well, no, they don't want the orb. Well, I guess they don't know about the orb. No, but they just want the bounty. Yeah, and they all get captured and all get put in prison, um, and that's where they meet Drax who's already in prison. Mm-hmm. And what are your, your thoughts on him? He's not that funny in this one. Yeah, I, I, I think he's pretty funny. He's not as funny as he is in the second one, that's for sure. But no. Uh, just his, uh, like, the fact that he doesn't know, he takes everything so literally. Yeah. That's really funny to me. <laughs> it would not go over my head. I would catch it. Yeah, there, he does have funny moments, but, like, most of the time, he's not really that funny but he is funny he's pretty funny yeah yeah um yeah I and mean, there's a lot of pathos for him with the whole you know, his wife and daughter had, were killed by Ronan and uh so like that's a big thing which kind of you know keeps him from being just hilarious all the time but yeah um but yeah he is an interesting kind of fun character and uh again super tough very mm-hmm. big bulky muscly and uh, let's, I guess let's mention Yandu. Uh, he's the, the leader of these Ravagers. Mm-hmm. At least in this movie, I, you just think that that's all there is. Like there's this one group of Ravagers, and he yeah. leads them. You find out in the second movie, there's a little bit more to it than that. But uh, led by Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. <laughs> but what do you think about Yandu in this movie? He's like, again. There's a lot of characters in this movie that are competent, but really don't let you on about that. And, and Yandu is kind of the biggest example of that because. He, he's very silly, but when he whips out his little arrow, mm-hmm. you know that he means business. Yeah, he's, that arrow is tough. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like Yandu. Yandu in the original Marvel comics, 
version um, of Guardians of the Galaxy, Yandu was one of the Guardians. He was like Space Hawkeye, pretty much, right? Uh, a little bit. He was he was really kind of based on American Indian characters. Mm. Um, so that's where like the the kind of space bow and arrow come from. Uh, but it was like a bow and arrow. It wasn't like a an arrow that he controlled with his with his whistles. But he had this really cool giant uh, fin <laughs> on his head, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, which in the get in the second movie it kind of his fin gets a little bit bigger and more pronounced at one point. Um, but it was very big and impressive in the comics. So, and I just always liked the look of him visually. I just thought he was really cool. And just the fact that he was kind of, um, you know, this, uh, this hunter kind of character with the bow and arrow, I thought was really cool. And so he was always one of my favorites, even though I didn't read those comics a lot as a kid, but, um, mm. I'd read a couple and, and really latched onto him. So I was actually a little disappointed in, like how he came off in the movie because he's such a he's a bad guy for one thing, um, and you know he just has like the little mohawk, uh, little red mohawk instead of like the big impressive fin. Um, but the he also is very funny and he's uh, you know he he and his guys team up with the guardians um, later on in the movie and so I, I do like that part uh, and then the arrow part of course is really great mm-hmm. so I like him but. Uh, I like it even better in volume two. Yeah. Uh, anybody else you want to mention? Those are all the main characters. Um, Rowanen. Yeah. What do you think about him as a bad guy? He's very powerful, Mm-hmm. but he's not the best character wise. Okay. Yeah. He's kind of one dimensional. He, um, yeah, he just has this, uh, his people have made a peace treaty with, uh, I can't think of the name of the planet. Uh, no, the no, no, um, Xandar. Yeah, Xandar with the, the Novans. The, the Nova Corps. The Nova Corps is based. Yeah. Um, and so he is upset about that peace treaty. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't want there to be a peace treaty. And so he's kind of waging his own one person war <laughs> against them. But that's pretty much it. That he just, he hates this group of people and is out to destroy them and wants the weapon that's in the orb in order to uh, achieve his goals. And so that's enough to drive the plot, which is fine. Let's say he is visually, I think he's an interesting looking villain. He's pretty much uh, like right out of the comic books on that. But yeah, he's just his, his motivations aren't all that deep. He is probably the most powerful villain we've seen yeah. yet though. I would assume because he kills uh, Thanos's advisor Okay. Like, just by turning his hammer. I don't know. I, you, I feel like Loki could have done that, too. But Loki is too smart <laughs> to have done that. Like, yeah. I don't know. Ronan, maybe he is more dangerous just because of the fact that he doesn't care. Like, he he is so single-minded in what his goal is that he's going to do whatever it takes to achieve that goal. And, um, you know, if it brings about his destruction first, then he seems to be kind of okay with that. But... Um, but he's cocky enough that he doesn't think that that will happen. So. Well, and he's got this big army behind him as well. And Infinity Stone. Yeah, eventually he does. He eventually does. he does. Get, yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Oh, uh, the Collector. Right, right. As previously seen in Thor, uh, Dark World. Mm-hmm. Where he got the... Um, ether, the ether. The Reality Stone. Yeah. Which uh, we, we kind of got a hint in the Dark World that 
that the ether and the tesseract were infinity stones right i think so i don't know if they said for sure that the tesseract was infinity stone no i think the clues are there by this point Um, yeah yeah no i I feel like they yeah they did they did say they Um, did say it was okay yeah because the tesseract they, they didn't want the ether and the tesseract in the same place because they didn't want two infinity stones in the yeah. same place. Okay. And so I just, the, as guardians, we're going to keep a hold of the tesseract and, uh, they wanted the ether somewhere else. I just forgot if the, te- they said the tesseract was in a big yeah, stone. I'm pretty sure they did. Okay. But, uh, the collector, of course, at, at the end of that movie, he said he wanted all of the infinity stones. Yes. And, uh, so now he's got, well, he, well, he had he two. Had two yeah. Plant. Yeah, for a little bit until Rodin showed up and, uh... Well, actually, until his, uh, like, maid kind oh, of... Oh, right. Himself. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Anybody else? There's a couple of other people who... Are, are you familiar with John C. Riley? Do you know who that is? Uh, maybe if you tell me. He's the cop who they kind of befriend. Um, oh, yeah. Rocket yeah. saves his uh, wife and daughter at the end. Yeah. And uh, so, are you familiar with him from anything else? I can't think of anything off the top of my head that you have, but uh, but okay. you might have. He's been in a bunch of different stuff, and he's very very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like him in this. Korath, the guy who uh, he works for Rondu. Uh, he's the guy that confronts Peter mm-hmm. in the in the opening. Um, yeah. But uh, that actor, I know you've seen him. He's in uh, Legend of Tarzan. Um, okay. He's kind of the main, the the leader of that that tribe that the bad yeah. guy teams up with temporarily, the leopard men, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you may have seen him in some other things too. He's been in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's all I can think of right now. Space dog. <laughs> yeah. Howard the duck. Howard the duck appears in the cameo at the very end. <laughs> um. So, uh, any other favorite? scene or favorite bit or you have you can have more than one if you want okay uh that opening scene is fantastic yeah prison escape prison escape yeah i was about to say that rocket says he needs that guy's leg <laughs> I need that man's prosthetic leg yeah and that kind of becomes a running gag that he uh he wants different prostheses like yeah like even later in the same movie he says he will be somebody's eye <laughs> to, to do something, <laughs> but they're onto him by that point. <laughs> um. Oh, and uh, Groot getting the battery because he's, he's going over the plan, and uh, right. in the background you see Groot <laughs> getting the thing that they want last. Right. <laughs> I just says like, so we need to get that last, and then Groot just <laughs> gets it out and shows it's like, here you go, and mm-hmm. it's like, or you can get that first and improvise. <laughs> Those are the funniest parts, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's talk about some of the different connections here. So um, we've got the Power Stone. That's the that's the purple one. That's the one there. Yep. Everybody's after this one. Okay. So uh, Ron or uh, Ronan gets the Power Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, does the collector still have the, yes uh, the ether? He does theme? still have the Reality Stone? The Reality Stone. Okay. Because um, Thanos goes to get it. In Infinity War. Okay. So Loki's scepter, mm-hmm. which uh, right before we started, I finally decided to do my research to try to figure out where that had been this whole time. So Loki had it. 
in Avengers, and at the end of Avengers, it was taken into custody by S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, we found out in Civil War, not Civil uh, War, Winter, Sol- Winter Soldier, that S.H.I.E.L.D. has been overrun by HYDRA. So HYDRA actually had that, and then that's how, at the end of Winter Soldier, you see um, Baron Strucker, and he's got it. And so the reason he's got it is because HYDRA, he's part of HYDRA. Um, but he's not part of the Hydra that was kind of brought out into the light um, when, uh, because of the events of the Winter Soldier, he's still kind of like hidden away. And he has uh, uh, the, the twins with him. He's, <laughs> we don't know really what he's doing with them, but they they seem to be imprisoned there, or at least uh, being held there in some way. Yeah. But so so we, that's uh, we got three of the Infinity Stones right there. Although at this point, we don't really know that the Scepter has. An Infinity Stone, or at least it was not confirmed. No. What other connections between this and the- uh, they keep mentioning uh, Star Lord's dad. Yes. Yep. Uh, and you find out at the very end of the movie that his dad is not human, mm-hmm. and that's all we really know about that. So stay tuned for Volume Two. Yeah. But any other connections to the main Marvel universe? I mean, it's really kind of all about the Infinity Stones and Thanos. Pretty um, because I guess Thanos. He's such a yeah, right. But he uh, he sets a lot of things in motion, or a lot of things get set in motion, and kind of bring him into um, the lives of these Guardians of the Galaxy, which is then going to kind of lead into other things down the road. But um, we're kind of starting to see like Thanos' story kind of develop, like what his plans are, yeah, and and who all the players are in that story. Yeah, so uh, great movie. Yes, um, a lot of fun. Not it. It is very connected to. Well, not very. It is connected to the Marvel universe, the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but not deeply connected yet at this point. But it's it's kind of like its own. <laughs> I was gonna say corner, but it's really like all of outer space. Right? So Earth is kind mm-hmm. of like a corner of what's going on in this. All right, so let's figure out where it goes in our ranking mm-hmm. and. Uh, do you need me to tell you what your current ranks are? Or I don't think so. Okay, where does this go? Number four after Iron Man 3. Really? After Iron Man 3? Mm-hmm. And then where does Ronan go in your villains? Uh, can you name my villains? Yep, starting at number one. Loki, Whiplash, Red Skull, Abomination, Alexander Pierce, Obadiah Stane, Aldrich Killian, Malekith. After Abomination. Okay. Uh, for me, in the movies, let's see here. I think I'm going to put it number three. After mm. Avengers and Winter Soldier. Mm. Um, I mean, I love Iron Man 3, but uh, this one's just so different from <laughs> all the other ones. Uh, and, and it's a big space opera, which is a genre that I love. I mean, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan, Star Trek fan, and this is kind of like Marvel's version of that where it's just mm-hmm. all these fun adventures in outer space, all these different planets and aliens, and it's just super inventive um, and it's funny and the music is great and it's just got a lot of stuff going for it, so uh, we'll, I'll put it at number three for now. And then um, Ronan, I think I'm going to put him at number five uh, so mine goes Loki, Red Skull, Whiplash, Obadiah Stane, Ronan. 
Alright. So I think that's it. So, uh, the next movie in the series is what, you know? Age of Ultron. Yeah, but that's not what we're talking about next time. Nope. What are we talking about next time? Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil. Season one. And, um, I debated about how to handle the, the Netflix series. Should we do them season by season or kind of lump them all together and talk about them in one chunk? Um, like talk about you know all of Daredevil, all three seasons of Daredevil at one time. Uh, but you convinced me that we should just do it mm. season by season. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, so we'll do that next time. All right. So um, what do people need to do? Keep nerding them space kids. <laughs> Sounds good. 